So I want you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. And I want to read, amen. Romans chapter 6, beginning at verse 22. And look what it says. But now, having been freed from sin, huh, and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit, resulting in sanctification, and the outcome of sanctification is what? Eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I want to talk about this morning the benefits of salvation. The benefits of salvation. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you this morning for your grace. Thank you for your mercy and kindness. Thank you for allowing us to come into your presence today. Forgive us of our sins, clear our minds and hearts, and allow us this morning, Father God, to derive from your word, Father God, truth. Lord, we're here for truth this morning. We're here to hear from you, God, so would you speak this morning. Bless each and every person right now. Speak a word right now in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank God you may be seated. In the presence of God. This weekend has been a very trying weekend for me because um, one, I went to two funerals this weekend. One of them was a good friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine. Um, good friend of mine. We, we shared many Many hours together talking and, you know, talking about the Lord and talking about ministry. And he even came to our school. And it's amazing because I started to reflect on yesterday about my life. And I started, death has a way of bringing that harsh reality that you are not invincible. That we all have to travel that way. All of us eventually or eventually we will die. Um, the other funeral was one of our former members, her son, who was just, both of these guys were 47 years old. Both of them died of heart problems. And it's amazing because in their testimony they both were saved. I thank God for that because if I were to look at the benefits of why I'm saved today, that is ultimately one of the greatest benefits is eternal life. I found out something in this scripture, though, that I want to reveal to you because a lot of people believe that just because I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that Christ died and was buried and rose again from the dead, that I'm saved and my eternal destiny is secure. And that is true. But I believe that 
the evidence of that comes after. The evidence of your salvation is sanctification, which I'll show you in a minute. You see, a person can say that they're saved, and as I was going to these funerals and I saw all these people on yesterday, and I saw, you know, when I saw my friend laying in that casket on yesterday, it brought a harsh reality to me that we will go this way, but the question is, will we all in this room have eternal life? I don't know if you thought about it before. Amen. I know if you've, you've thought about death lately, but funerals do that to you. It causes you to take another look at your life and say, you know what, am I, am I really who I say I am? You see, because there are a lot of people showing up at church, but they're not saved. They know the right things to say. They fall in line and they do certain things, but the evidence of that is not there in their lives. Paul is writing to a Roman church that has been confused about salvation. They were very confused. There was division in this church. There was prejudice in this church. There was all kinds of things that were hindering the major message. But Paul writes to the believer and in chapter 6 and he tells the believer that they are dead to sin. Amen. But they are alive to God. That's the beauty of salvation. And there are benefits to, of salvation that these, this, these two verses really speak to me about some, just, just a, there are many benefits, but there's, these are just a few, and I just want to point out a few of those benefits for you this morning. Paul says in chapter 6, he says in verse 8, he says, now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. In other words, when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that moment I died. I died to sin and I was made alive to God. And as a result of being alive to God, now I'm given the privilege of membership in God's church. I'm given the privilege Amen, of the Holy Spirit living inside of me. Do I have anybody this morning? Paul says here that we believe we will live with him. Verse 9, he says, knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. In other words, my friend on yesterday and my my former member's son, amen, they conquered death because they were in Christ. Come on, somebody. We look at it as a negative, but to them, it's a plus sign because they lived a life of sanctification, a, not a inconsistent Christian life but a life dedicated to God. Listen, just because you're saved doesn't mean you're just getting in because you may not be saved. Are you with me? A lot of people think that, oh, well, I'm saved, so I'm going automatically, I'm going to heaven, but they show no evidence of salvation. 
See, you can look the part, but the question is, are you for real? And that's the true test. Paul says, knowing that Christ having raised, verse 10, he says, for death, for the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to who? To God. Now watch this. The text says that Jesus died so that he could live to God, for God. I'm asking you a question today. Who are you living for? Are you living for yourself or are you living for God? And if you are living for God, the question I have for you this morning is, where's the evidence? And so I thought it best this morning to reveal to you the benefits of what you possess. And maybe today you may reevaluate your life and ask yourself the question, are you really saved? Because if you are, the question I have for you this morning is, who are you living for? And if you are living for him, the evidence would be your commitment to his church, your commitment to, his word of, to the word of God, your commitment to serving, your commitment to, to getting rid of all those things in your life that is weighing you down. Amen. Those are the evidence. And so Paul says in verse 22, I'm going to fold, fast forward the story here. Verse 20, he says, for you were what? Slaves of sin. Are you seeing that? You were free in regard to what? In other words, what Paul was saying is when you were a slave to sin, you and I, we were free from being righteous. In other words, we didn't have to follow no rules. <laughs> but listen, we could, we could sin and feel good about it. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember living just any kind of way and just, come on somebody. I know it's early, but here's the thing. You, you remember living the way you were living before? And listen, you thought it was right. You thought it was right to steal, to cuss, to come on somebody to call each other out each other's names and you and I thought that that was right but we were free as it pertains to righteousness but as a believer now you are obligated to righteousness you are obligated to live your life in such a way that it brings glory to God I know you get tired sometimes I know you I know sometimes you know we're asking more of you Come on, somebody. But, but let me ask you something. In, let's do a trade-off. If I trade my secular life, for, if I trade my spiritual life for my secular life, at the end, what will my secular life brought, what would it have brought me? A better opportunity? The Bible says naked you came in, and naked you will what? Leave. And so, saints, you, you and I have the responsibility to live a righteous life unto God. Watch the text. The text says, amen, therefore, verse 21, what benefit were you then deriving from the things which you are now what? Ashamed. Paul is saying, listen, the stuff you are ashamed of now, what benefit were you getting from? 
when you wasn't saved? Anybody? Anybody got any residue from the world? Come on, somebody. What benefit did you get from the world? What benefit did you get from living the way you wanted to live? Come on, somebody. I can tell you didn't get any benefits because, you know why? Because all of us, when we came to this church or whatever church you went to or whatever church God found you at, amen, you surrendered because it wasn't that good outside. It wasn't that great on the outside. It wasn't the benefits of the world wasn't as great as the benefits of God. The text says we were ashamed of these things for the outcome of those things is what? Death. How many remember? Broken relationships. Come on, somebody. Jobs that you have connived and stolen and didn't do what you're supposed to do and they fired you. Come on, somebody. You were trying to find your way in life and guess what? You messed up. You did some unrighteous things. The benefit of the world brought death. Relationships died. Amen. You said, oh, baby, I love you. We'll never be apart. <laughs> Amen. And then what happened? Because there was a, it was an unrighteous what? Relationship. I'm going somewhere with this. Paul is saying that the things that we had from the world does not amount to the things that we have in Christ. Watch this. One results in death. One results in not just life, but eternal life. Which do you want? And can I ask you something? Are you willing to trade off your Christianity? Come on, somebody. See, a lot of people use the once save, always save as a license to sin. Well, I'm going to heaven anyways. So guess what? I don't need to go to church. I don't need to live right. I don't need to do what's right. I don't need to do what I'm supposed to do. No, no, you got it wrong. You may not be saved. I don't want to make that trade-off. Are you with me? So, so, so watch what he says. He says, he says, watch what he says in verse 22. Amen. He, he said, the outcome of those things is death. He says, but now having been freed from what? Having been what? Having been freed, that word means to be exempt from liability. I'm going somewhere with that. It means to be what? Exempt from liability. In other words, you're not liable anymore. So the first thing, the first benefit that I see is that sin no longer has us bound. That's the first benefit. I've been freed from what? Sin. Not that I will not sin, but I've been freed from the sin that condemned me to hell. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that I'm no longer bound to sin. And if you keep reading Romans, if you go into chapter 7 and chapter 8, Paul says you can master sin. That sin no longer has master over you. In other words, as a believer now, it's a choice that we make. Come on, somebody. If I've been set freed from sin and I no longer have to fall for the okie doke, then the question is, why, am I, why do I keep falling for it? 
Why do I keep falling from it when I've been freed from the power, from the presence? Come on, somebody. I've been, I've been set free from the sin past, present, and future. So in other words, I'm righteous. Oh, man. And saints, I want to tell you something. A person who's been set free knows that they've been set free. But you know what happens to slaves after they've been freed for a little while? They get domesticated. I wish I had somebody. Listen, he said, we were all slaves to sin. That's what the passage says. But we've been set free. But what happens to us, saints, we start enjoying the comforts of our freedom. You know why you don't lie no more like you used to? You've been set free. You know why you don't curse like you used to curse? You've been set free. You know why, amen, you still have some residue from the past because you choose not to let it go. You know why you can't get ahead? Because you choose not to do it God's way. It's a choice. He says, you've been set free from what? You've been freed from what? Sin. Now, watch this. All through this passage, Everything that he says that happens to you is in the passive voice. The passive voice represents that the subject as the one receiving the action of the verb. What does that mean to me? That means a lot to me. I didn't have to do anything. All I had to do was believe by faith. And the benefit is the fact that I'm no longer bound to sin. I'm no longer bound to my sinful thoughts. I'm no longer bound. Listen, sin cannot rule over you. It only rules over you if you allow it to. Not that we will not sin, but we have 1 John 1 and 9 that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So why am I bound today? Why am I so depressed right now? Why am I going through right now? Why can't I see my way? Because sin has, you've given sin permission in your life. Got to be careful. The benefit is that I've been set free from sin. Watch what it says next. He says, he says, he says not, but now you've been what? You've been set, you've been freed from sin. And, and watch this now. And what? Enslaved. Isn't that what he said about Jesus earlier? In verse 9? The same thing that happened to Jesus happened to you. You and I have been set free from sin. But we are what? enslaved to God. So the next benefit, you ready for this? You are now connected to God. And here's how you know that you're connected to God. You are a servant of God. When was the last time you served? How are you serving him? 
If you are wrapped up, tied up, and connected to God, where's your serve? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I, I, I'm seeing a benefit here. The benefit is the reason why I don't go off like I used to. The reason why I'm doing things differently. The reason why I have new eyes to look at life is because I am connected to God. Now I am enslaved to him. That word enslaved means to be a servant. That's what it means. It means to be a servant. I am a servant of God. And may I say this to somebody here this morning? You're a servant of God. And because you are a servant of God, you can try to run. You could try to hide. And I know we have some reluctant servants. Come here, Jonah. And when you find yourself in the belly of the fish, three days, that's significant. Amen. You can run for a little while, but eventually you'll have to surrender because you, the moment you accepted Christ, you became connected to God. God has a GPS on you. You know what I call it? God's positioning strategy. <laughs> His positioning strategy. He will position you where he wants you. You can try to find it. But what greater benefit? See, you should be shouting right there. Listen, I was connected to Satan before. I was connected to the world. I was connected to sin. I was connected to my depravity. But God saved me and connected me to God. What greater connection? Come on, somebody. When the devil tries to lie to you, you got to say, man, forget that. I'm connected to God. I have a benefit for my salvation. And here's the thing, salvation is a free gift. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. He says, you've been freed from sin and enslaved to God. Watch this now. And look what he says. And he says, and you derive your what? Your what? Your benefit. What that word benefit means? Fruit. It, it, it means fruit. It means a profit. So in other words, the question I have for you this morning is, are you really benefiting from your salvation? You know, I, I'm with the struggling. I, you know, I, I know we got to struggle. I know we have to go through. I know we have to, you know, listen, here's the thing. The reason why you're struggling because God is trying to change you. Okay, he's trying to clean you up. He's trying to take some stuff out of your life. But he says, out of the relationship of you being connected to God, the you have fruits. So you know, what I, you know what's the next benefit you have? You ready? You have more than you ever had before. Write it down. You have more than you ever had before. Ever. The greatest benefit, the greatest benefit that you have is your connection to God. You can pray to him. Folk trouble you, pray, 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 pray for him. You're going through, you don't understand what you're going through, pray. You have prayer. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the word of God. 
You have a church. You have a pastor. Come on, somebody. And when the pastor preaches, he's preaching from God. Why did God want you to know this today? He wants you to get back to your benefit package. You know when you get a job, how you get the, you know, they, they put it all in fine print. You know what I mean? It's a big, thick book. Oh, these are all your benefits. And then you read through all those. You know what they are? Disclaimers of what you can't do. I don't think you're hearing me. It may say, yeah, you got 50000 in life insurance, but then the stipulations that come with it. Not so with God. He says, when you accepted me, you, you got automatic benefits. You're covered. Come on, somebody. I'm saying one more time. You're covered. And in God's benefit, with God's benefit package, you have more than you will ever have in your entire life. All those things that you have right now, it's a benefit from God. It's a blessing and a benefit. Look what he says next. Look what he says next. Now watch this now. Watch this. He says, you derive your benefit. Boy, I wish I could stay here. I think I may do this at 10 o'clock. Watch this Resulting in what? Look what he said. Look at the results. Resulting in what? Okay. They just made Mother Teresa, uh, they just sainted her. Y'all following the news? She's dead. Now they want to make her a saint that people bow down to and worship. That's idolatry. I'm telling you, you better pay attention to what's going on in this world. But may I say something to you today? The moment that you accepted Christ, you became a saint. Holy. Righteous. He says you, when your sins were taken care of, you were freed from it. You're no longer enslaved. The moment that you were connected to God, you were connected to holiness. That's what makes you holy. That's what makes you a saint. Yeah, we may mess up. Yeah, we may say some things, but you, it doesn't change the fact that you are a saint. But the sanctification that he's talking about here is the process, watch this, of growing into holiness. Sanctification is the process by which the believer grows into Christ, but grows into holiness. And so what Paul is saying, this other benefit here that he's talking about is that now, ready for this? The other benefit, you have the power to live right. You, I'm saying one more time. You have the power to live right. When I couldn't live right before, he gave me the power to live right. God himself sanctifies all those who believe in Jesus. They become holy. They become saints. They become a member of God's own people. Sanctification is also the process of becoming increasingly obedient to the will of God. That's how you know the will of God. Because you've been sanctified. You're growing. The believer needs to engage in a long, lifelong pursuit. It doesn't stop. Of holiness. Because without holiness, 
you won't see God. When was the last time you set yourself apart? Fasted. Prayed. Decode yourself from all the worldly things that you see every day. When was the last time you said, God, make me holy. God, make me right. God, clean up my mouth. Clean up my thoughts. Listen, 90% of the times our sanctification is affected by the way we think. This is a benefit. Don't you forget that. You have the power to live right. And look what he says. And the outcome, now I want to I clarify this right quick. And the, look what he says right here at the end of the verse. And the outcome of what? No, 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 no. The outcome of what? Ah, thank you, sister. Now watch this. Now this, this is a whole new spin on this thing. I know we've heard you, can't have, you don't have to work for your salvation. But I want to say something to you. You got to work on your sanctification. In other words, you got to live like a Christian if you're going to have eternal life. The outcome is that you will see God in the end. You will live forever. 11 out of 42 times this word eternal life is used in the Bible. And out of those times, it is presented as, as something to be attained. I'm going to say it one more time. Thus, we learn from the Bible that eternal life is not just a static entity. It is a dynamic, watch this, and growing relationship with Christ himself, watch this, through living in faith and obedience, Christians can fully enjoy God's free gift of eternal life. Want to know what the last benefit is? You have the greatest gift ever. Eternal life. But your sanctification, saints, how you live. Can you be honest with God today? Can you be honest about your walk with him? Because if you're always in an uproar, if you're always questioning, if you're always trying to find, that's, that's you're spent, you're, you know what the devil's doing? He's preoccupying you with the wrong things. And what, what, what really got me here is that, listen, I want to make sure that when, you, when, I, when I'm placing that casket, that's just a shell. That when I get ready to leave this earth, I can close my eyes confidently and say, you know what? I tried my best. I served him. I lived in sanctification. I didn't, you know, I didn't indulge too much. I indulged, but I didn't indulge too much. I bounced back from my from, from those demonic attacks, I bounced back from my disobedience. I bounced back. I started serving so that when I die. I am confidently sure that, you know what, I'm going to heaven. Today as I close this message, I want to encourage you this morning that if you don't have eternal life, 
if you're not sure of your eternal life. But what about your sanctification today? Maybe today your sanctification has been disrupted by the things that's going on in your life. Don't forget the benefits, saints. You, you're working. It's called progressive sanctification. That's what it's called. Progressive sanctification.